welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Open it up to Revelation 12 this morning. And as you're opening it up, I want to remind you of some things that the Spirit of God has been saying to the church. It's harvest time. Okay, it's harvest time, and I'm going to say some things this morning that you're probably going to want to write down, and, you know, there's a few notes that, you know, I'll probably encourage you, hey, write that down, but I want you to lean in. Say lean in. I want you to lean in and listen to the Spirit of God. Say the Spirit of God, because I have a hunch that I'm going to say something that might open a door for him to say something more, okay? So I want you to lean in as a child of God this morning to hear what your good, good father wants to say to you today. Um, I believe that today we are stepping into, and we've already stepped into it, church has just been powerful, just pre-service prayer just like hasn't stopped you know um and just we we can just see that god is doing something significant today i believe that we're stepping into a mission today that the lord has for us you know it was prophesied over the church 2024 is a year of more you guys remember that okay if you've been around for any time at all you should remember that you should know that by now and you know we want to keep saying it because that gets us hopeful and expectant for what is coming you know and i and i think 2024 being a year of more is more of Jesus, more of his presence, more of his life, more of him enlarging and expanding our heart. And I get excited. I get excited, Kayla. I get expectant, you know, for things like um, Easter at the Arts Center. And I, as you hear that, we're not creating an event. Don't hear that. I believe what we're doing is creating a space for us to step into the mission of God as a church. Amen. And it's no, it's no coincidence and it's no accident that we're launching Alpha the week after because strategically, I believe as a church, we are getting equipped and we are getting prepared and ready. Say ready for the harvest that God has. Amen. When Noah built the ark, you know that story when Noah built the ark, it said that he was moved with fear in, in Hebrews 11. He prepared a house or he prepared an ark for the saving of his house. The time to get ready isn't the day before. The time to get ready is when God says starts getting ready. So we're getting ready right now. Amen. Amen. Okay, you got your Bible opened, but I wanted to remind you it's harvest time. And I also want to say this to all of you, church, that you know, I've been thinking about the story of Esther to, or this week, and particularly Esther 4.14. And, you know, as Mordecai said to her, who knows, Esther, whether you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I am looking at a group of people that I love called our, our church. We're, this is our church. Amen. This is our church, Hope City. This is our church, our family, even the first service. We're all one church. Amen. Amen. And who knows whether we've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. But it's not really a question. We know. Amen. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you've been called for such a time as this. People are hungry. People are searching for the truth. You hear people saying, my truth, a truth. You know, you hear these things, right? You know, and some of it can be like, oh, oh. But don't let it go. Oh, let it be a signal for you to lean in and listen to what their truth is. And perhaps the Lord will give you an opportunity to speak some truth into them. Because as you lean in and listen without a heart of judgment, but with a heart of love, the Lord's going to fill your mouth with truth that will help set them free. Amen. Amen. Romans 10, 14 says, how are they going to know if we can't tell them? So the title of today's message is A Praise That Overcomes. Uh, I've really enjoyed Pastor Jake's series that we've been doing called Praise Break, but we're going to look at Revelation 12 this morning about three tools of overcoming. 
Um, but last week, I just want to start with this. He touched on Acts 6. You know the story of Paul and Silas. You guys are familiar with it. And it talks about how they were praying and they were singing hymns. When? When were they praying and singing hymns? At midnight. And what do you think that praise sounded like? Thank you, Lord, for this, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. I kind of think they're saying, look what the Lord has done. All shackled up. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. And here's the thing. Their eyes weren't focused on the circumstance. Their eyes were fixed on Jesus. And God is calling us as his church. Church, get your eyes off of yourself and get your eyes onto me and you will see my glory. And what happened in that story is they, is they praise the Lord. Because the Lord is good, and God's goodness didn't change because they were, t they were shackled up in that prison, did it? It had said that the prison doors were flung open. Their shackles were, were, were um, unleashed, unleashed. Their shackles came loose, you know. And then the jailer was about to take his life because he knew that he was probably going to die for not doing his job. Something happened. Someone's got to pay for this, you know. And what did Paul and Silas said? Don't worry. We're all here. Who does that? A jail full of people that don't run away? They said, don't worry, we're all here. And guess what happened? The jailer got saved. He went home and told his family about Jesus, and they got saved. Do you know what follows praise? Do you know what follows testifying of the goodness of God? <laughs> Salvation exactly follows praise. Salvation follows the testimony of Jesus. And I want to go through some scriptures this morning to look at that and, and, and to inspire us to perhaps put on a holy garment of evangelism today because we are all evangelists, amen? It was, it was the greatest calling that you'll ever have on your life, and that's something that we all have one call in common, and that's to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, some of the gifts the Lord's given me, you know, I, I lead worship, I love it. That's a gift, and that's one of the callings on my life, but that's not the fullness of my calling, and the, the fullness of my calling is to tell people anywhere and everywhere of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you're going to hear me say this a lot this morning, and it's two things. Who is Jesus to you, and what has he done? I want to say this again. Who is Jesus to you? Look at the person next to you. Say that. Say, who is Jesus to you, and what has he done? What has he done? Church, you hold a key that will set captives free. You are holding a key. It's called your life your testimony of who Jesus is and what he's done that will help set the captives free. The enemy has tried to silence some of you from sharing because you don't feel you're worthy. You might not feel it's a good enough story or a wow. And I want to just say this gently to you. Quit making it about you and let's start making it about Jesus. Amen? I noticed something this week that there's just two lies from the enemy that can hold people back. And one of them is I'm not enough and there's not enough. You can see that in the, in the story of Jesus in the wilderness being tested by the enemy. I'm not enough and there's not enough, you know. And if we could get a hold of that, you know, um, actually I'll share this story. I shared it in the first service. Um, two years ago, um, we, uh, we did uh, Shredded Sunday over in the other room. A room sanctuary. Do you, were you guys here for that shredded Sunday? Pastor Jake preached a message. It was the Kool-Aid man. How could we forget that message? You guys were here. Who was here for that? The Kool-Aid man. <laughs> and um, 
I can remember we had the shredders all at the front, and I didn't share this at the time, but I'm going to share it today. That So what we would do is we would shred lies of things that we were going to take into the following year, okay? So this would be following our fast. So we were thinking about this for a while, and one of the lies, actually the only lie that I shred because it had just been hounding me and hounding me for years was that I'm not enough. And it just, like, I remember shredding that and crying and releasing it to God. And you know what? He came right after I shredded. And he said, you know, Jen, he said, the truth is, he said, you're not enough. But guess what? I am more than enough. See, it was like the enemy was masking that truth with the lie. So I always had my eyes focused on myself and not about Jesus. And when the Lord came right into me as I shredded, he said, I'm more than enough. I'm El Shaddai. Get your eyes on me. The lie broke. Amen. But you hold a key that sets captives free. Let's start living our lives and making it all about Jesus. Okay, you got your Bible open to Revelation 12, 11. Many of you are going to be very familiar with this verse. And um, we're pretty much just going to stay parked on this, okay? And so it says in the New King James Version, I'll start with that. And they overcame, say overcame, him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even to death. In the Passion passion Translation, it says they conquered. Say conquered. They conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony. They triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives even when they faced death. Revelation 12, 11, in the Amplified Classic Version, it says, and they have overcome, conquered him by the means of the blood of the Lamb. Isn't that so good? And the utterance of their testimony. A testimony will require you to use your words, okay? For they did not love and cling to their life even when faced with death. I love this in brackets. Holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. So good, hey? So the backdrop of Revelation was it was written in around uh, AD 95. John was just exiled by Nero to the Isle of Patmos. And courageous Christians were being martyred by the masses. By uh, Nero had, had, was not in reign anymore, but it was the Emperor Domitian. And so the Christians who were rising up in faith, were rising up in courage, were being killed because they would not bow and they would not pay homage to Rome and they would not pay homage to the emperor, okay? So I want to talk about three keys that are going to help us overcome, and we can see this clearly in Scripture. It's right in front of us, and if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down at least, okay? A praise that overcomes. Number one, the blood. Say the blood. Number two, our testimony. Say our testimony. And I want to remind you, you have a testimony. Number three, so when it says they love their lives not even to death, I just kind of encapsulated in this fierce abandon to Jesus, okay? Say that again. Fierce abandoned to Jesus. Church, there is a praise that overcomes, and that that power is released when you testify of Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. There is a praise that overcomes in your life that will help you overcome, and it will also help the, the hearer that hears your testimony overcome because there is power when you speak about Jesus. There's not one time, did you notice as we're singing about the name of Jesus, you could just feel the power in the room increase. You could feel his authority in the room, amen. When the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together, that power becomes ignited in the spirit through the corporate gathering. So it says they overcame. Well, who's the they? In this case, it was the Christians that were getting martyred, amen, because they knew that death was not the end, that earth was not it. 
Heaven was their home. Heaven was their home. So it says they overcame. So that word um, in the Greek, overcame, is nikau. Say nikau. Say it again. Say nikau. Kind of fun. To conquer, to overcome, to carry off a victory, to come off victorious. Then verb, the verb implies a battle. How many of you know we're in a battle? You know, we're in a battle. I think sometimes we forget that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. The enemy's got one assignment, that's to steal, kill, and destroy. Overcame, overcome in the Webster's 1828 says to conquer. Say conquer means to vanquish. We don't hear that word too much anymore. To subdue, to overcome enemies in battle, to surmount, to get the better of, to overcome difficulties or obstacles. And I want to say three things to you to remind you that he has done it. I'm talking about Jesus now. He's done it. He's won it. And it's finished. He's done it. He's won it. It's finished. Say that again. He's done it. Say he's done it. Say he's won it. And it's finished. One more time. He's done it. He's won it. And it's finished. See, we can overcome because he already overcame. We can overcome any trial and temptation and obstacle in our life each and every day because Jesus already made a way. He already paid the price for us to overcome. And it's in this understanding as his sons and daughters that it, quote unquote, okay, it is finished that enables us to overcome. Some of us are sitting around waiting for God to do something when he's already done it. I think Cherokee did a wonderful job of explaining to us, you know, just some things that she's going through. And she realized as she went through the fast, you know, the Lord was beginning to talk to her about her health challenges, that she just had to position herself to receive something that Jesus has already done. And it's hard for me to watch her go through this season, but I'm watching her get a revelation as she goes through this season of suffering, and I have no doubt that she will overcome. Amen. And she will be healed in the name of Jesus. But while she's, while she's being healed along the way, God is teaching her something. God is teaching all of us something. Amen. We can overcome because he already overcame. Jesus paid it all. So when it said they overcame him, I think sometimes we, we skip over that him. And I'm not meaning like song him, like H-Y-M-E, H-I-M, because we'll say we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I grew up in a charismatic church. I know what we say, okay? But we don't, we don't insert the him. We overcome, we overcome him. And who's the him? It's the accuser, Satan. There is an enemy walking around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour you. And some people get this scripture wrong too. They say there is an enemy who is a lion. He is not a lion. There's only one lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. And his name is Jesus. The counterfeit is Satan. And he will always be the counter, counterfeit. But you do not have to fear because greater is he, Jesus Christ, in you than he that is in the world. Satan is terrified about you waking up to your identity and your holy assignment. He thinks every day about destroying you. He thinks every day about ways he can wipe you out, which is why we need to be aware. I don't like to preach about the devil, but we need to be aware of our adversary or we won't understand the battle and know the strategies and the assignments or the way to overcome. Amen? And he's, you know what he's really terrified? You know, I think he's really terrified 
I know he's terrified of babies being born, and I say in Jesus' name that incitement be canceled with the blood of Jesus, of stealing and murdering babies. It's so wrong. But he's really terrified of you telling people about Jesus. He's terrified. And I think sometimes we don't realize that because we get focused on things like, I am not enough, and there is not enough. But as we look to Jesus, like Paul and Silas did in in prison, praying and singing hymns at midnight, praying and singing hymns, not when it was easy, but when it was hard. And as we lift up the sacrifice of praise, freedom comes. Amen? Salvation will always be on the other side of your testimony and praise. So when it's talking about the enemy here, it does refer to him as accuser, as I just said, but he's the accuser of the brethren church, and he works overtime, day and night, saying things like, you're not enough. There isn't enough. You should be ashamed of yourself. You are guilty. You can't do that. Who are you to think you can do that? Kind of thinks, sounds like the wilderness, right, with Jesus being tempted. You don't have the ability He'll bring fear, doubt, anger, frustration, temptation, defeat, despair, shame, and guilt. And for all of those who are working through to get temptation or you're working through to get over temptation in your life, don't be surprised when Satan comes knocking a little harder at your door because he doesn't want you to have the victory on the other side of that. But I promise you, remember this, the next time you're alone in in, in the darkness of night in your room and you feel that's you know if you deal with depression and you can just feel it coming all around you let that be a signal to you of not what's happening to you but what's on the other side is he doesn't want you to wake up to to your identity in Christ he doesn't want you to have the freedom that Jesus has called you to have I want to ask you again today church who is Jesus to you and what has he done but I want to talk about the good news today I like good news say good news so there's a praise that overcomes. we got three points this morning, okay? And it's right in the scripture. Number one, the blood of the lamb. Say the blood of the lamb. Oh, I'm so thankful for Jesus, aren't you? Oh, I love talking about Jesus. It reminds me when I was two years old, and you guys probably get tired of me talking, to, you know, me sharing about this. But it was when my journey of Jesus started, when my parents were at the Highway Church in Maple Ridge in a revival service. I was just a kid going along for the ride, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, you know, I'm two years old, right? Parents, lead your children in the way of the Lord and bring them to church, amen? The pastor walked up to my dad, and he said, do you want to accept Jesus? And my dad said, not really. He doesn't have an Irish accent, but we are from Ireland, so he's very stubborn. But my dad said yes. He said yes to something that he didn't understand. And there's a lesson in there. You know, sometimes you just got to say yes. The understanding comes later. Amen. But he said yes to Jesus. And my dad was totally set free from alcoholism that night. And our whole family gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. I get pumped. I get pumped about talking about Jesus because I could go on and on. I'm not here to share my testimony about the goodness of God. With the blood of the lamb, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying you're not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Do you know what else I believe he's saying? He's saying I love you because I love you because I love you. And you might be saying I don't deserve it. He's like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. The price I paid for you can't earn it and you can't unearn it. He's saying I love you. He breaks the power of canceled sin. You know that song? He sets the prisoner free. 
His blood has made the foulest clean. The blood availed for me. His blood, church, speaks a better word over you. He is your defender. He is your advocate, and his love is fierce for you. There is nowhere that you could go that Jesus wouldn't come and find you. You know how I know that? Because he never leaves you for, nor forsakes you. You can try to run away from Jesus, but you have him in your heart. You can't run away from him. Your children might have run away from the Lord, but they accepted Jesus, so they can't run away. And in just one moment, they could wake up and realize, oh my gosh, surely the Lord is in this place and I'm not aware of it. And that's a word for some of you. It's not an if, it's a when. And your children will come back and serve the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's give thanks to the Lord for that. Do you guys ever hear those pharmaceutical ads? In this? I think, I, I, we don't have TV, so I don't know what, where it's at in Canada. But all I can remember, Jake's American, so when I was young, we'd go to the States and visit his family, and those, oh, they're crazy about pharmaceuticals in the States, like crazy about it. And so, you know, they do those ads, and it's like they just like micro-machine man, like fast, fast, because they don't want to hear them say like, and sometimes death. And I'm like, who would want to take that? No thanks, right? No thanks. But what if we had a label that said the blood of Jesus? With the blood of Jesus comes freedom, victory, wholeness, peace, healing, greater hope, restoration, life, health, joy. Sign me up right now. Freedom from depression. Freedom from anxiety. Deliverance. Freedom from addiction. Thank you, God, for what you've done in my family and you continue to do. Freedom from bondage, sickness, and disease. Can I get an amen? Thank God for Jesus. Yeah. That clap back there is someone who knows who Jesus is and knows what he has done for them. Jesus set this family free from addiction, and they got to start a new branch in their family with the word and the spirit of God. Come on. There's no more curse for those who are in Christ Jesus, amen. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Another key to overcome is the word of our testimony. Say testimony. Okay, so in the Greek, it's martyria is the word, okay? And I think we have a slide for that. It's witness. It means witness, evidence, testimony. It talks about being a witness of the evidence. In this case, we are called to be witnesses of the evidence of Jesus Christ, Amen. And as you can probably see as you look at it, it's still up there. It comes from the word martyr, like we're seeing in Romans 12, 11, as the Christians were giving their lives selflessly for the Lord. But the purpose of testimony, church, always is to be the wit a witness for the truth. Not a truth, a witness for the truth. They're searching. I've said this already. They're hungry. Would someone please just tell me the truth? They want the real thing. You know, when he, um, Jake just got summoned for jury duty, I think he got out of it. But, you know, in that court of law, as people are, yeah. But as people are getting sworn in, it's like, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help me, God. 
I swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God, that Jesus is my Lord, that Jesus is my King, that he saved me, that I should be a statistic living in a ditch. But he came and found me, and he healed me, and he set me free, and he showed me that he was greater than anything happened to me. And my testimony will always be on Christ, the solid rock I stand, and all other ground is sinking sand. And what God did in me, that he can do for anyone, because I have tasted, and I have seen of the goodness of God. And I have no doubt of the power that rests in him also rests in me because he set me free and he is not a respecter of persons. I'm not his favorite. I'm nobody special. I'm his, I'm, well, I'm, I'm his favorite just like you're his favorite. I'm special just like you are special, but we're his kids. There's, what I'm saying is there's no favorites in the kingdom of God. We all get freedom. There's no favorites in the kingdom of God. We all get healing. There's no favorites in the kingdom of God. We all get peace. Amen? We all get it. We all get it. It's the purpose of your testimony is to be a witness for the truth. Church, every time you testify about Jesus, you are being a faithful witness of him. Maybe write those two words down. Not just witness, but faithful witness. Say faithful witness. Every time you testify about Jesus, you are letting Satan know that you belong to Jesus, and it's Jesus and Jesus alone that enables you to overcome. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to anything or anybody else but Jesus Christ. Satan has a full send, and we can see this, assignment to steal truth from this generation. It's clear, because people, everyone keeps talking about their truth. It's obvious. He has a full send assignment to steal the truth from this generation. He has a full-on assault to, keep, to steal, kill, and destroy them. Romans 10, 14, and 15 talk about how are they going to know if we don't share the good news? How are they going to know? How are they going to hear? How are they going to understand? But then it says, how beautiful church are, those who bring the, are the feet of those who bring good news. I would love it said from the Lord about our church, how beautiful are the feet of, of our sons and daughters in Hope City because they have been faithful witnesses of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. How beautiful is the feet of Hope City because they faithfully rented the art center because they're launching out into the deep to cast out their nets for Alpha. How beautiful is it when we step out into the mission of God? Acts 1.8 says you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I'm grateful that we feel good in the presence of the Holy. I'm grateful for all of that. But you know, the purpose of the power was to empower the church to be the church. Amen? The other stuff is extra, and I'm thankful for it. But we need to understand Scripture, and we need to understand the why so we know the what. Amen? The purpose of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit is to be faithful witness for Jesus Christ. Amen? Who is Jesus and what has he done? Look at a person again. We're not going to quit saying this. Say, who is Jesus? And what has he done? I like this because I'm having you repeat it because it's going to get in you. So you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, who is Jesus and what has he done? Saturday nights, we have dinner at our house almost every Saturday night with the kids. And, you know, just they're getting older and we're learning how to parent adult children. It's a little bit different. And so last night, and they're probably always like, what's mom going to do this weekend, you know? And so, you know, I think the Lion King was on and everyone's laughing. And then I go like straight to intense, like only I could do, you know. 
kind of known as an intense person. I'm like, hey, guys, I want to talk about something tonight. And we went around the table. Rich loves it. I'm just so thankful for Rich being part of our family. He's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I want to, let, let's hear from each other. Who is Jesus and what has he done? Who is Jesus and what has he done? Because we got to talk about these things first. First, so it's in our hearts. It's like it's freely. Like we're not like, uh, that's a good question. Savior, well, it's good. I hope so. But I think there's more personal things that who he is to you, right? If you really to think about it. First Peter three fifteen says, if someone asks you about the about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I'll say that again. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer. Always be ready to explain it. It's one of the reasons why gratitude, we've been hearing that, you know, from Pastor Jake the last few weeks. Gratitude is so important because things aren't down here, they're up here. And we're remembering it and we're speaking it out loud. And gratitude is so connected to testimony. Amen? Every believer has a testimony. You could be like, well, I don't really have a story. Yeah, you do. I can remember being in Guatemala. Steve, we, we talked about this in the first service. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Uh, we went on a mission trip. I think we were around 13 or 14 to Guatemala. And I can remember there's always that moment where they're like, okay, hey, everyone's got to share their testimony. I was like, you guys ever been there? And it's just like, and I remember thinking that I didn't have a testimony. So guess what I did? I didn't share. And as I got older, I, I remember the Lord showing me, you know, reminding me about Guatemala. And when I think about everything that happened into my life, happened to me up until that point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had an amazing testimony and I didn't even realize it. The enemy will try to get you to think that you don't have a story that matters. Your story matters. Your story matters. Your testimony and your story about what Jesus has done in you has the power to set people free. Amen. I love the story of the woman of the well. And I like to refer to her. This week, I've decided to call her the woman who dropped the water pot. I'm not calling her the woman at the well anymore. I'm calling her the woman that dropped the water pot. Because after she had that encounter with Jesus, she ran back to her village and she said, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. And it's that encounters that we have with Jesus that just want us to tell other people about Jesus. And I'm going to say it again. Who is Jesus? And what has he done? And guess what happens? Her family and the, and the Samaritans in that, in that region, they got saved. Salvation will always follow testimony. That's why the enemy, again, I want to say this to you again. You need to hear it over and over. If we get caught up with ourselves, like I'm not enough or there's not enough, we'll think of ourselves as insignificant. We'll think of ourselves as small. And we're not able to hear the words of Jesus of you're not guilty and I love you. But I want to, again, encourage you to rise up and get you to realize that you have a testimony of something that Jesus Christ has done in you. And that testimony is still in motion. Amen. I want to ask someone bold. Haley, I'm going to pick on you. I was going to pick on Jesse, but he's on camera. And I want you to come up here. Don't worry, I'm going to make this easy for you. And I had Kiernan do it in the first service. But you guys want to hear a testimony? I want to hear a testimony. To me, Jesus is the truth, the way, and the light, 100%. Um, I feel like if, you know, you don't have Jesus in your life, there's no way. There's just no way. So Jesus just honestly has given me so much joy, and I just want to share it with everyone, honestly. You just want to be like Jesus, be more like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What has he done? He's, given he's given me joy. He's, 
he's just giving me this fire in, in my belly to just, just be joyful and just, I don't know, I just want to share it with everyone. Like, I don't know, like, it's just, I've, I come from a family um, that is non-Christian. Um, and uh, about when I was 24, I, um, I come from a, a family that um, has been really encouraging in my faith, and I was just in a really low, low place in my life, and my father-in-law asked me if I wanted to accept the Lord into my heart, and I did. I just said yes, and like you were saying before, um, I, I just, I had no idea why I was saying yes, but I just said yes. <laughs> I just said yes, and it was the greatest thing ever, and um, ever since then, it's been about six years now, um, I've just been sprouting and growing and um, I'm still growing, so there's, no, there's nothing else I can say. Jesus is, is, is the way. Thank you. I love awesome. you, too. <laughs> I love this family. I love their whole family. And uh, actually, in worship today, um, the Lord gave me a scripture for all of you. And, I, and I, it just gives me joy to be able to say this. I, your sister's here today. I see that. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard the things that God has prepared for you, precious family, in whom he loves. That what God has started, he's going to be faithful to finish. That he has heard every prayer in, you know, in the good times and even in the hard times. But God wants to remind you that he's not done and that he's not finished. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. The power of testimony. I just want to share a few things that I just see that the power of testimony does. It develops a deeper sense of gratitude for the Lord as I'm saying out loud what God has done. Did you know, actually, so I thought that the Bible was meant to be read out loud, that something happens when you speak out loud. It, it, it goes from here to here. The power of testimony causes others to see Jesus and that he is alive and that they're not alone and that he is here. The power of testimony gets our eyes off ourselves and onto the mission that he's called us to, to tell the world about Jesus. You're fulfilling the greatest call on your life, church, every time you do. The power of testimony dismantles the weapons of the enemy in trying to hide the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that will set people free. The power of testimony encourage us and others around us to rise up in their faith and walk out what he has for us. The power of testimony unlocks freedom in people's lives because it's only the truth of Jesus that really can set people free. Amen? The power of testimony reminds us that there is a God and we are not him. It keeps us, church, from being too pleased with ourselves. It dismantles any weapons of idolatry that would try to lessen who God is because the testimony of Jesus will always lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? The power of testimony leads others to Jesus and invites all who hear to come and hear of the saving power of Jesus Christ. Parents and grandparents, the power of testimony will help raise up a holy household within your homes so that your children and your children's children will remember who Jesus is. Come on, let's thank him for that. Number three, a praise that overcomes. It says that they love their lives not even to death. Okay, they weren't afraid to die. 
because they knew that heaven was their home. This wasn't it, and Jesus was their prize. So I wrote here, it's fierce abandon to Jesus. Fierce, fierce. So this was a time of persecution for the Christians. Okay, I'm just giving you some more context on this. They weren't many. I'm not going to say they weren't because, you know, that some would have, you know, denied Jesus. But many weren't afraid to die. And here's the best part. So Satan's only assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, that fear of death is like his final trump card that he holds over us, you know? (laughs) But when they weren't afraid to die, he had nothing left. (laughs) He had nothing left to bring because they loved Jesus more than their earthly life. The grip of the love of God on them broke any grip and power that Satan could have. It broke it. It broke it. And God's love today, I believe, wants to be released in a greater measure in our hearts to, to loose any grip that Satan could have on our hearts where there's been fear to maybe not step into what the Lord has. He's more than enough, and he's called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to practically, you know, they're giving their lives for the Lord and they're martyrs and they're being killed for Jesus. And you're like, well, that's great. How does that apply to me today? Well, I was thinking about this this week is that we live, you know, we can like, wow, like inflation and wow, this. Guys, we're not really getting persecuted for the gospel of Jesus Christ yet. But let me just maybe bring this down a little bit for today for some understanding. And I just want to say this. Quit caring so much what people think about you. Quit caring so much about what people think about you. Because when you get so caught up with what your good, good father thinks about you, having the approval of others will lose its power on you and you'll only be living for the approval of one person and one person alone. And he's more than enough and he's Al Shaddai and his name is Jesus, amen? And in that knowing that you are loved and that you are valued will release your testimony because you will not be afraid. You'll be like the woman at the, you know, the woman who dropped the water pot. Come and see. Come and meet the man that told me everything about or that knew everything about me. Come and meet the man who loved me because he loved me. Come and meet the man who says that I'm not guilty. We overcome because he's already overcome. How do we overcome? The blood, our testimony, and fierce abandon to Jesus. It's harvest time, church. Whether you realize it or not, it's like this. Sometimes you just got to say yes, and the understanding comes later. And I'm a parent in the house, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because the Lord's going to show, you know, maybe me or Pastor Jake or others some things ahead of time, so I'm okay with that. But I'm putting us all on notice as a church. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. Who is Jesus and what has he done? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Do you guys remember that old song, I've Decided to Follow Jesus? I loved it. I still love that song. Those songs just never get old to me. But did you know, let's stand up. And did you know that there's a story behind that song? And, you know, some of you might have heard me share this story before. Um... We're going to read it to you, okay? It's a pretty tender, touching story. And it's evidence that where there's testimony, salvation follows. Haley, 
I pray in Jesus' name that you will only be strong and courageous. And where there's been fear and where maybe people have said lies about you, you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that, that that is broken today in the name of Jesus, that today you're stepping into something new, that you're coming alive in the name of Jesus. So I say only be strong, only be bold, and only be courageous, for greater is he that is in you. God, I thank you that as she reads your word, Lord, that it's just being digested at a, an accelerated rate this season, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for that joy that you have put in her heart, that Jesus joy. I see it. I love it. It's contagious, Lord. But with that joy, she will share your good news, even with her family. God, I thank you for opportunities, Lord, that you open the door. It's going to be nothing that you have to force open. And in fact, I see them coming to you. I see them coming to you. I see them coming to you. And even seeing through your daughter, they're seeing something. They're seeing something. They're seeing someone. And that's Jesus Christ. So I say you be loose and you be free. It's a new season for you. Step in and walk through the door in Jesus' name. Come on. Say thank you to the Lord. I love people who love Jesus. And Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We thank you that you've called us into your kingdom in 2024 for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to empower your church. Us as a church, Hope City, Lord. Power from on high. Love of God, would you fill us? That perfect love that drives out all fear. So we can be the faithful, fierce, fiercely abandoned sons and daughters that you've called us to be. I've decided, it says over a hundred years ago in northern India, it was a very superstitious region. Following the great revival in Wales, this is a true story, I'm not making this up. Welsh missionaries journeyed to the Assam area in the northeast India, in northeast India, to bring the gospel to the tribes of idol-worshipping headhunters. In one village, one of those fierce headhunters listened to a missionary and his, and his heart was grasped of the good news of Jesus Christ. Not only did he believe but his wife and his two sons also became Christians. As the redeemed man eagerly shared his newfound faith with the villagers, they too became believers. The changes among his people infuriated the village chief. Summoning all the villagers, the chief angrily addressed the, fir the first convert among the tribes. Renounce your faith or be killed. Could you imagine? Moved by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The man replied, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. The incense chief next ordered his archers to kill the man's two sons. Then he harshly demanded, now, will you, are you going to deny your faith now? You've lost both your children. You're going to lose your wife too. And the man solemnly spoke, Though none goes with me, still I'm going to follow. There's no turning back. Furious, the chief then ordered the man's wife to be killed. I can't even imagine, you guys. I can't even imagine. Within minutes, she joined her two sons in heaven. The chief yelled, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith so you can live. There is no one else for you. There's no purpose for you to live in this world. Now facing death himself, this man gave a steadfast reply. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. It's a true story. The chief motioned to his archers, and then the man was killed. As the chief looked at the dead bodies of the four Christians, 
a spiritual awe gripped his heart. With supernatural power, what supernatural power had these four people possessed? In a spontaneous confession of faith, the chief astonished everyone by shouting out, I too belong to Jesus Christ. The villagers were moved. Soon the entire village accepted Jesus. Yeah, come on. Who is Jesus to you? And what has he done? Who is Je- I want you to think about that this week. Who is Jesus to you? And what has he done? And perhaps some- Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.